0: Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America, NA, Member FDIC.
1: Before we get started, a quick note: When I first recorded this episode, I was, um, just I was just in a state of complete disbelief at what I was seeing and how many life lessons I truly believed that were being visually explored and taught from the Vanderpump Rules reunion part two and. So after I finished recording, I felt like there was just so much truth that people needed to hear, Um, and I don't. It was supposed to be for the Patreon, but I just really believe that this—the messages here—they need to get to as many people as possible, Um, because there are people like Tom Sandoval walking in our midst that we need to be aware of, and there's just we all we all just need to know more. Information is power. Um, So. I'm releasing this to everyone, and instead of being behind the Patreon paywall, it's like a PSA, this episode. And so, my only request is please, please, please share this episode on your Instagram stories. Include a link, pay it forward, and share it, share the message, spread the word. So, that's all I ask in return. Um, And then, don't forget to tag us. Um, and so, and if you do, I'll you know, message you and just thank you profusely because it gets the message out and it helps this little baby pod that we've been working on for so long, for so, so hard grow. Thanks guys. Hello everyone. I am hopping on the Patreon today because Chandler unfortunately is basically like working 100 hours a week right now. It's absurd and another subject entirely Um, and we all need to keep her in our thoughts and prayers. Truly, she would be here if she could. So I am here today to talk about Scandoval and I'm going to do a solo rant. I don't know how long this will take. Like, I, like Have I ever uploaded a 24-hour Patreon before? You know, like a 24-hour length recording a full day because that's how much I feel like I could talk about Tom Sandoval. I am not sure. I'm not sure that I have enough oxygen flowing through my body until my last dying breath, okay, to get out all the words that I want to say about this egregious sin. Okay, so before we get into this, I want to also make a disclaimer. I want to apologize and be a little self-aware about my my take a few weeks ago on Ariana and saying that she should have been a little more aware of what's going on around you. Um, and clearly, like, you know, this, her partner was having a crisis and was unhappy. And while it is important that we all should be aware of these things, I was communicating and messaging in that, in that recording that there was any blame or in fault on her, that there was even a modicum of blame on her. And I apologize for that. That is completely incorrect. Um, and I, it was just a little internalized misogyny that I need to work through. So, um, with that said, I, I have so much to say about this. Let's talk about the second part of this reunion.
0: I'm getting like nervous. And it's like, every time I listen to Tom, it's just like, I keep getting angry and then I keep having to go pee. Okay.
1: (sighs) Okay. The first thing I want to get into is the discussion of Lala and Randall. Now, I think that Lala and her brain is entirely a victim in that relationship. And I think the problem with that is that is that that belief is not rooted in reality, okay? I think that she knew exactly what she was doing on a gut instinctual level, but decided not to care. I mean, she literally had people screaming at her that that's what she was doing and she decided not to care. Now the flip side of that coin is that it is very easy to get lied to by a narcissist and believe a narcissist as someone who has a uh, very serious experience with that, that took over a long part of my teenage years. I also know what it's like to believe a liar. So I can't say for sure, but I do believe that in Lala's brain currently right now, she is telling the truth and she has, in order to kind of like heal this experience whatsoever, she has reconstructed the story that she was, that she was the victim. Okay. That's my benevolent take. Cause I actually do not want to believe that. She knew the entire time, and this is just a huge act. I think the brain is capable of a lot of weird shit in order to survive. So the main point of that is I just want to call out the hypocrisy a little bit because she doesn't take any responsibility for anything that she did getting going with that relationship with Randall. And that is something that I think is just – it's the reason why people – can be get exhausted by her and can feel unempathetic because if she said I made a huge mistake, I became misguided, I went after the wrong things, I am reaping, I'm reaping what I was sowing, at 25, everyone would exhale and say yes. Exactly. Crime and Punishment, Dostoevsky. This is the lesson, okay? And I think that Lala, because she's not acknowledging it, it's just not passing the vibe check for all of us who are seeing what's happening. So I just want to say that. um, However, this woman is extremely talented and the way that she is unleashing on Sandoval makes so much sense to me because she right now is letting out all her pent up rage at Randall. Let's all remember that she literally can't talk to Randall right now okay she can't talk to him because of legal proceedings they communicate through with like a divorce app one of those divorce apps and she has not had the cathartic experience of completely unleashing and so it makes sense to me why it's not just protectiveness over Ariana or pure you know interest in scruples of morality Lala Kent right now sees red because she sees Randall when she looks at Sandoval also, by the way, the way that Lisa Vanderpump is just smiling to herself and quietly laughing at Lala as she is so deluded to think that we all didn't hear when she said that she let Randall hit it on the first night and got a car the next day. And then they play the clip. It is even James smirks. I'm going yeah, to tell you we will not be do. discussing. This a I
2: narcissist.
0: I, I may have an ego this Lala. size of this building. I ain't a narcissist. Yeah, that uh, has a lot to do with uh, that. that. Uh, uh, It has nothing to do with it. That does.
1: No, it doesn't, you moron. You're
0: a moron. Hold your IUD the day you found out Stassi was pregnant.
1: So I think what an interesting part about this entire thing, which people have brought up and I want to reiterate, is that this is a cast of hypocrites, right? This entire reunion is everyone standing in a glass house throwing stones. Now, Obviously, there is a scale of the crimes committed, but none of these people are innocent. And that is like what makes this so interesting psychologically, in my opinion, because. Everyone is just like not fully rooted in reality. For example, James does not admit that he slept with Kristen to be on the show when it's literally recorded him saying that. And Lisa Vanderhoof calls him out. Let's also discuss the fact that finally, finally, finally the fourth wall has crumbled. OK, I feel like Bravo. This is a masterclass for Andrew Cohen and the chairman of the board at Bravo Television and Evolution Studios, or whatever it's called, because... This is what we want. We want we want these cast members to talk about the real things going on. We want them to talk about the contract problems. We want them to, to stop bullshitting. And I think we get so bored when the Bravo shows are about fake drama. You know, humans crave truth. Um, and anyway, So I really hope that the, you know, that you make a data driven decision and drop that fucking fourth wall, like, uh, uh, what's his name? Uh, drop that wall, bring down that wall. Anyway, historical figure who said that my brain can't compute anything important right now. Um, I'm going back to Vanderpump. Okay, let's get to the lunch scene the lunch scene so they break for lunch speaking of the fourth wall crumbling and sandoval swaggers out to raquel's trailer just like you know like he's a gangster he swaggers out to the trailer where he is going to pet his little puppet as he's a narcissist and make sure that she is about to parrot whatever he wants her to say Meanwhile, at lunch, Ariana Maddox, who I now fully like completely worship in a new way after this reunion, she just fully drops the absolute truth. OK, which is that the second the second that Raquel is no longer the forbidden fruit and she has any sort of demands of him and how he should respect her as a woman in their relationship, their entire little fuckfest fest will dissolve and crumble because guess what? The balloon will be popped. OK, and she will unfortunately have to see him for who he truly is. And then the editors cut to Raquel doing that very Thing, by the way Raquel saying to him timidly oh, I just want you to know that I'm kind of not liking." like she's afraid of him you guys I'm kind of not liking how this is coming out and she's trying to get she's basically uh, she is saying you lied to me you lied to me and it is coming out that you actually did not have some dysfunctional, crazy relationship with Ariana where everything was horrible. He was having sex with Ariana and he was having sex with her. And Raquel is learning this for the first time and Raquel is suddenly seeing him and his true colors are showing for her. And she is beginning to make that slight demand of him. And it is just, this is, this is sociology. This is anthropology. This is like human behavior. This is so interesting and what we're gonna do is watch her have not have enough self-respect to demand that he tell her the truth when he lies to her when he basically just like uses those manipulative psychological tricks that um, are extremely powerful so that's my thought on that part okay also his explanation for you know how ariana changed was she initially would (laughs) He in his, his narration to Raquel, he is saying, I would ask her a very basic question and she would basically nag me. She would like say, oh, I don't like those pants. Meanwhile, they cut to the actual scene. And all she's saying is, I'm not sure I'm into the green. Like he is... Lying, He is actually lying. And then he says, but then she changed. And she, when I would ask her anything, it was just, you're so good at fashion. That reveals what he wants is a sycophant. He wants someone to worship him. He wants a concubine. He does not want a real human being to contend with. And it is just so beyond disturbing. So then, of course, we get to the part where Tom Sandoval wants to go coach Raquel outside the trailer because he can see that he is losing, that he's seeing that the, the scales are falling from her eyes, that she is about to exit Plato's cave and see reality if he doesn't put her right back in there, you know, and get the shadows moving on the wall. So he is starts to decombust because he sees that and he needs to get her alone so that he can brainwash her. And the producers are like, dude, this is a reality show. You want a break? Yeah, you go sit by yourself and eat some lunch, eat some chicken salad, okay? Make have Melissa Wood make you a matcha, okay? But absolutely not. You cannot go have a conversation with another castmate. This is the contract. Like, And also, by the way, I don't think people fully grasp maybe everyone does, but I don't think people fully grasp that this is their job. And if they violate the contract, like Bravo could sue them. So it's not like, oh, I hope the producers let me go have my recess by myself. It is like full blown. It is a full blown like, no, like the hammer of justice will come down on you if you do not do this reunion with a modicum of integrity. And tom unravels when that reality crashes upon him
2: if you need a break that's fine i need a break from filming okay then then go eat some lunch that's 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 what filming me you're continuing to talk you know what i mean i want to talk to her like i don't want a camera my goddamn face we will we will not understanding i i I, you're saying that you want to talk to her off camera exactly i know but Dude, I just need, I don't feel relaxed. She doesn't either. We have to watch what we say. Like, I don't want to, I don't want that. I'm in a very delicate position right now. Just take a beat. This needs to take a beat. Okay.
1: Okay, I'm just going to blast through this part of the recap. So when James talks about how, when James talks about how um, he was so rude about Raquel's mom because, you know, she like talked about his, Penis. Oh my gosh! Um, at dinner, two things. One, this is obviously the way that reality shows can distort things, right? Because they leave that part out, so you just think James is a total monster, and you don't. You, people don't know that there has been something to trigger that. So you can, you do understand, have empathy for why people get so enraged, but also like, I don't know. Also, I just feel like there's still like never an excuse. It's like what Deb said, two wrongs don't make a right. And like, I don't care. That doesn't mean you get to call your girlfriend's mom horrible things that I'm not going to repeat. Can I talk to you about a product that you love, that Courtney loves, and that I love? Please. Early Bird CBD gummies are so phenomenal, everyone. They are the perfect 2.5 They ship to all 50 states, everybody. You got to try it. Earlybirdcbd.com. Lauren, the wall behind you, it's quite barren. What's going on there? (laughs) You know what? I find getting things framed to be very stressful. And so I've just never done it. I don't basically have anything framed in my home. And it's sad for me. It's very sad, which is why we are so lucky to be sponsored by Framebridge right now. Cute frames, beautiful, sleek, modern, so you can just hang your gallery wall and it's good to go. They make it very easy on a lay person like yourself. Everyone, see why FrameBridge has been trusted to frame over 2 million pieces. Visit FrameBridge.com or a local FrameBridge store to get started and custom frame just about anything. That's FrameBridge.com. Also, Let's just all agree that Allie is absolutely a star. And I think that one of the things about her that makes her a star on this show is she's a lot more forthright. (sighs) There's something about her where she is grounded in, in truth more than these other castmates. For example, Andy Cohen asks her... Have you, you know, when you met James, had you seen Vanderpump Rules? What he meant was, Are you intentionally here to be on the show, or did you fortuitously meet James, you know, in a field and then he brought you behind, you know, behind the camera in front of the cameras? And Allie responds, Yes, I love Vanderpump Rules. I went down a bravo rabbit hole in during COVID. This is what I'm talking about when people tell the truth, other people like them, even if the truth is a little manipulative or a little calculating. So I'm team Allie all the way. Okay, so one thing I am very interested in is the entire James conversation about alcoholism. For me, I always thought alcoholism was something where it's like you're an alcoholic if you get drunk every day or like drink in extreme excess, right? So, like, yeah, some, some, like, someone could have a, a glass of wine or two at night and people think that's excessive, but like, an alcoholic's having like two bottles of wine a night. That, that's the discrepancy in my mind or the disparity and so it seems like what's going on is the cast is like looking at James as he's saying like oh now I have this balanced relationship with it and Ali's helping me and like I can actually like take breaks and they're like kind of laughing to themselves and smirking or they're just like thinking these people are children because they clearly don't see that he actually has a very real problem um And I don't know, like, I don't know if it's possible to go from where James was, where he would get in complete blackout rages, you know, frequently, to having this chill, vibey, controlled, aware relationship with it. And this is something I'm definitely curious about and I don't fully understand. Um, and I wonder if both him and Allie are a little deluded about that because that's what it seems like the entire consensus is from the rest of the cast as they're talking about it. Okay. So then let's proceed to the moment where Tom Sandoval calls out DJ James Kennedy for, um, I guess committing sexual assault or harass. Yes. you know, slapping a woman, um, at, when he was drunk and they had to like get a legal document signed that they went and pro- press charges, told Nightmare, probably paid her off. And <laughs> wow. And again, then we go to delusional James saying, well, actually, did you know that I'm, you know, basically, you know, James knows he can't, there, there isn't an excuse for that. So what he has to go to in that moment is, well, bitch, I make way more money than you because he knows that to Tom Sandoval, that actually matters more than if James is an alcoholic or not, because it's about Tom Sandoval, right? So he wants to, he wants to cut He wants to pour salt in the wound and cut deep, okay, where it actually counts. Um, So then Lala has to be the voice of reason and say, okay, let's just call a spade a spade. Tom Sandoval and Tom Schwartz, you guys drink extremely heavily. You're not in a place to judge, okay? (laughs) And then Tom Sandoval in all his delusion says, oh, it's not about the amount, which they are. Chandler and I have said that, the amount of alcohol these people drink is so deplorable and gross. It really, really is. And Tom Sandoval in all his delusion says it's about how you react to the alcohol. And then Ariana, like a queen, okay, pulls out her wand and vanquishes him with, a hello, you get get effed up and you screwed my best friend. You betrayed the woman that you purportedly loved. And then he says, how is that even relevant? Like, it's just such an interesting lesson in how there's just so much delusion. These people, like... These people are not self-aware. And by the way, that is why Taylor Swift is a prophet because when Taylor Swift sings the song Antihero, and she says, I'm the problem, it's me. At tea time, everybody agrees. I'll stare directly at the sun, but never in the mirror. It must be exhausting. I was rooting for the anti-hero. What she is saying is she is saying that, yes, sometimes you can get into that space where you cannot see what you've done. And she's self-aware about that. Everyone is capable of that. And Taylor Swift has made that into like a stunning, gorgeous number one t- top song and understands human fallibility, and Tom Sandoval does not. I should not be led to my own devices. They come with prices and prices. I
0: end up in crisis. All this time, I wake up screaming from dreaming. One day I'll watch as you leaving. Cause you got tired of me.
1: Um, a moment of positivity and levity. I just want to say that DJJ Kennedy brought, bought a $1.25 million house in, uh, it's not Encino, but he bought it in, he said, the Valley. And I was on a Facebook group for like gossip and bitches were being so catty about like how like, wow, you're only this, like you can only afford this. And I just think that like that that is actually such a dream home and people were writing in and like, actually, just so you know, in LA, this is like an incredible area. It's so pretty. It's so nice. And this is like beautifully redone. And it's just such, I just think that there's something about the fact that DJ James Kennedy bought like... A very, for what, for I'm sure what he makes, a very modest purchase. And he's not like living so excessively and being so flashy. That says something positive about him. And I do not believe he's overextending himself for this, for this home. And there, I think that is something very positive and you can tell everyone beams at the news. And so let's just be happy for other people, everyone. So then we get to the point where Andy asks Ali and says, were you, you know, offended a little bit? Like, do you wish you had stuck up for yourself more when Lala pulled you aside and let you know, hey, like James can get way worse than this? And then Lisa sees, and and Allie with some, with self-respect and and dignity says, yes, I wish I had. Um, And then Lisa sees Lala kind of starting to crumble and break down and takes the moment to be like, what's happening here? And that is the point where Lala like starts crying um, tears stream down her face and she says that she just felt like such an idiot and such a fool and she didn't want to see someone else in that position and so she was doing it out of place of empathy and I think that's where like the evidence comes from me that Lala kind of buys her own bullshit and like does believe that she was the victim so as much as we want to like throw it in her face there's just also part of me that's like her reality right now I truly believe is that Randall fully tricked her, whether that happened or not. Okay, so now we get to the point where Andy Cohen asks Tom Sandoval what he thinks happened. Did Raquel or did she not get punched by Sheena Shea? And Sandoval takes the longest pause of all time to speak, okay? You could hear a pin drop. And what that said to me is that this guy is so tired from all the lying he's doing and he knows he has to now put on a new performance about and he has to remember all the details in his head about when exactly this punch happened and get his story straight and he's just drained he's completely drained it's like when you tell the truth you don't have to remember what you said before but with Tom Sandoval so much is a lie that he's completely exhausted and dreads having to and he dreads having to have this conversation why is it so difficult to Because
2: it? I feel like I'm between a rock and a hard place.
1: Then just keep your mouth shut. Then just that's shut, shut your, your b- mouth. Another thing I have to say is I think something really interesting is that everyone is aligned except for Schwartz. Because Schwartz is a gummy person and that's exactly why Katie divorced him. Like everyone at this round table, well, except Lisa Vanderpump as well, but I'll get to that in a minute. Everyone at this this little round table is aligned about Tom Sandoval, right? And they're looking at each other and they're smirking. And the second he goes to say something, they know exactly what's going on. They know the chess moves he's playing. And Tom Schwartz cannot be a man, cannot have a backbone, cannot have integrity. And that is exactly the why. that is exactly why Katie Maloney was driven absolutely crazy by him. And so anyway, this is guilt in, this is guilt by association, incarnate for me. Also, I do love the absolute rage that they're all flying into on Sheena's defense because, and what we're about to see, is that Sheena has been in utter hell for the past three weeks over this restraining order, right? She's she's sobbing. Like, you know, legal things, they have real impacts. They The stress that they cause have true, they create traumas for people. And Raquel just did it for herself on a whim, willy nilly, because all she cares about is herself. And it's the same reason she f***ed Tom Sandoval on a, on a whim, willy nilly, because she wanted to know what it would be like to f*** someone who talked to her like that and who really knew her. By the way, by the way, another thing, when Andy says to Sheena, will you ever be friends again with, with Raquel? This is where we have a like ancient battle of... Turn the other cheek and, you know, love your neighbor versus Maya Angelou. When someone shows you who they are, believe them. And it's out of self-respect and dignity and loyalty and allegiance to Ariana and the truth that Sheena will never speak to Raquel again. And that is Raquel's punishment. One one of the many. And now we get to the portion where... (laughs) Now we get to the portion where we learn exactly how long this has been going on and Tom has been plotting to have this happen, right? Because we learn that Tom Sandoval planted the seeds in Raquel's mind that he and Ariana were in an open relationship and he put out the energy to her that he was available to have sex with her. Okay. That's what he communicated with that sentence at Coachella in April, months and months and months before it actually happened. So what we're learning here is this, it's not like it's a one night stand. It's not a drunk f- up. This is something the guy was plotting. He was Plotting and manipulating and calculating to happen in a truly Machiavellian way. Lauren, as we made our descent into New York, you know, from our beloved Guana Island trip, Mm. I got excited thinking about coming home to like my more simple routine food, like my Mm -hmm. Clean Simple Eats protein powder.
0: And let's be honest, all of the drama. I'll give you a day's worth of celebrity and reality news weekday afternoons in just under an hour. New episodes of Daily Dose of Donna post weekday afternoons and are now available in video on Spotify. Subscribe to Daily Dose of Donna. That's D-A-N-A on your podcast app.
1: Okay. So, oh my gosh. So then, and I'm so sorry, you guys. I'm so sorry I am doing this like in such minute detail, but I just don't know how any other way to process this. So then Andy asks and basically says, well, you said that, you said, Tom, that you guys hid all your problems. So, so really behind the scenes, it was this terrible, terrible thing, right? And because Ariana wasn't willing to be vulnerable. She wanted every other cast member to carry the show with their issues while she coasted by. And then... And then it's so great because then he calls him out and and says, "But didn't she share about her body image issues? And didn't she share about her big time sex issues, her intimacy issues?" And then, and then Sheena goes, "Your vagina," because let's also remember Ariana shared that she has a huge complex about hating her vagina. So I think this woman was vulnerable on reality television. I think the verdict's in. You guys, this is so good. This is so good. And by the way, the way I'm recording this is I am watching it like and then I'm pausing it and recapping my thoughts. So so I'm sorry if it's kind of fragmented. But the way that she calls him out when he says when when she says that whenever someone said on the show something that was that, you know, he, he didn't want out about that about himself to just not let them finish their sentence. And like, that's what's really interesting is some people actually do have mental tactics about how they're going to psychologically like annihilate other people or psychologically control them or control the narrative. And, uh, like there are people who are, who learn strategies to, there are people who learn strategies and actively use them and in order to push their own agendas. And that is exactly what Ariana said. Propaganda. Like this is a history lesson, bitches. This is not just reality television. And the way she sits there in that red floor length dress and just drops all these truth bombs laughing and fiercely and strongly. I mean, this is like the, this is the, this is the performance of a lifetime. Like, please someone get like call. The Oscars call the Emmys. This woman needs an EGOT. So we get to the part where Sheena completely breaks down and and at the emotional toll that's that the legal procedures have taken on her. Um, and But really the breakdown is not just that. It's the breakdown of finding out that the people that were close to her were not who she who she thought they were. And this is like very triggering for me, and I think that's why I'm talking about this for so long and I'm so passionate about it, because it is one of the strangest human experiences to feel like you are so close with someone, you know them inside and out, and they know you inside and out and then for one day for you to find out that nothing was as you thought it was and there's this really 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 good lecture by Jordan Peterson called reality and the sacred and he talks about how when this happens you think that life is orderly and then you're thrown into like the the abyss of chaos and nothing around you makes sense anymore and you can no longer trust your perceptions. And it's just an extremely disorienting process that takes years to heal from and causes deep trauma and not just for Ariana, for the friends around Tom and Raquel. And so that's why this is just like so profound. Quick disclaimer, I'm just putting this in really quick. Um, I believe that Jordan Peterson became fully unhinged at one point and had said a lot of offensive things, offensive things that have actually hurt me personally. And so while I believe the quote, this particular quote that I'm sharing, I'm not co-signing everything he's ever said or done because the man is absolutely fallible and has, has truly said some bad things. So that is my one disclaimer here.
2: Your world will fall apart. And what that'll mean is that you descend from the domain of order into the domain of chaos And that happens to people all the time. It happens to people when they develop an illness that's serious that they can't control. Because then their body stops becoming something they can predict, and starts to become something that they can't predict. It happens to people when they're in an intimate relationship, and they're betrayed. They assume fidelity, and the person tells them that they've had an affair. That's chaos. That means you didn't know who that person was. The future you imagine no longer exists your perceptions of people are erroneous at some level of analysis that you don't understand it's conceivable that you're naive beyond belief and that everything you believed about yourself and other people up to that point is false and when a revelation occurs that knocks out one of the walls that supports you and you descend accidentally into chaos you'll regard that as one of the worst experiences of your life first of all the the betrayal of two of my best friends That is heartbreaking in itself but then to throw all of this on top of it when i did nothing but take care of her i gave her a home to live in when she didn't have
1: anywhere to go i was the sister to her that she didn't have growing up yeah i did everything for her and for her to do this to me it has taken such a toll on me i have not been able to be completely present for my daughters of all this legal shit that i'm dealing with now i'm
2: thinking i should have like wrote sheena wow <laughs> <laughs>
1: By the way, I have to say, uh, Kagan has been doing the dishes while I've been recording this solo while, while watching and then pausing to say what I thought. And I thought he was so probably annoyed hearing me talking about this for like the upteenth time. But he, of course, walked over once he was done to snuggle next to me because who can't get enough of this? And then what did you just lean into the microphone and say? Let's, wow. Let's get it a little louder. Closer to the mic. Wow. 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 I'm sorry. I'm sorry. So then we cut to the interview where Andy interviews Raquel one-on-one and she says, I'm here to atone for my actions. That's why I'm here wearing thigh-high fucking boots dressed as the seductress. Like give me a break, bitch. If you are really there to atone for your sins, you would come in a nun costume. Okay. You would tone it the fuck down. I'm just like, I just, let's just like see what's in front of us. Okay, one thing I also want to say is that I do not believe that Raquel is all bad here because when she says that the reason why she fell into the arms of Tom Sandoval is that he made her feel heard and seen... That is really the power that narcissists have over women. And that is like the Keith Raniere allure that, you know, even this guy who's like re- revolting um, at to his core, they can use these psychological tricks to make you feel so seen and understood and heard and loved. And you. they really can make you believe things. And so I don't want to like completely... I don't want to completely excoriate Raquel because I do think that there are shades of gray to Raquel. I could be proven wrong on this, but I do believe that there is, you know, she's not all, I don't know. She's not, she's not Tom Sandoval level. I, I don't go over well. Like yeah. I think
2: I was living Rainier in my style?
1: reality. Well, no, no. Okay. So, okay. So Kagan just said that Tom Sandoval is not the same level of intelligence as Keith Raniere, which is absolutely true absolutely the case what I'm saying though is that he was intentionally like talking to her like he loved her like he wanted to know about her when really what he wanted was her allegiance and loyalty just to make it very very clear okay when he asked her she would come back to the show she's just bullshitting him by saying she doesn't know of course she wants to come back of course she wants to come back to the show and guess what her and Tom Sandoval will enter next season, season 11, right? Season 11, episode one, will be Tom Sandoval and Raquel walking in together arm in arm. And this, this cast is going to have to be around them. And that is going to be the next chapter of this psychological experience we are all buckling in for. Oh, and by the way, she wants to be on the show because she just like is so in it for like the the, the money and the power and the wealth and... ugh. Ugh. She never wanted to be an occupational therapist. Let's not forget about that. Oh my gosh, this is so wild. So aha, as as Raquel is walking out, Tom turns to the other Tom and says, green light, green light, meaning they're not looking, they're, you know, they're focused on Raquel, so you can pop a pill. These people are just, I mean, that's just like a funny, like, sprinkle on top of this whole episode, like, hilarious. Oh, my gosh. And then, um, and then he takes the Xanax and, like, basically tries to hide it for a second, but... Like, doesn't even think to. And, like, everyone is so out of their minds. And then he, like, throws it on the ground and, like, throws it to Andy. Do you want one? Like, this is just, like, the most unhinged reunion in the history of Bravo, I think. I'll have to consult a Bravo historian, but that is what I believe at this moment. And then we have it Raquel walks out in her shimmery green, you know, off the shoulder mini dress, stiletto heels on. Our innocent victim, who is just a little selfish, dressed to the nines you know looks to kill (sighs) to sit across from ariana as the mistress it is just like the fact that we have a whole other hour of this thing and that this is like the b content we got the c content first episode this is the b content the a content is coming next week like i'm gonna have a seizure. Okay. There we have it. I'm frothing at the mouth, foaming at the mouth, freaking out. So I got to simmer down. I got to cool down. But before we go, a reminder, please, everyone share, 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 share this message, spread the word, you know, share this on your Instagram stories, share the link, tag us. Um, If you do, I'll write back and just with the biggest gratitude because it helps our pod grow and it gets the word out. And I'm just, you know, grateful to have this platform to be able to talk about what I think are actually really important things through the lens of pop culture. All right. Bye, guys. Love you. That's all for now, folks. Don't forget, give us a five-star review. Hit us up on Instagram at Pop apologists, and we will see you next week, live every Wednesday.